Hello and welcome back to Cracked. That's right, it's called Cracked, it's not Cropped. Hopefully it's not crap today. I really hope we're not scrapped. It's not dabbed and it's not crack cocaine. It's called Cracked. Cracked is a show and podcast here on FBI Radio that cracks open the creative process. My name is Al. I'm a curator, a musician, and once upon a time I flunked out of psychology at Macquarie Uni. I'm Luke, and I'm an engineer who appreciates mangroves and what they do for us. We're here to overanalyze and maybe find a bit of meaning along the way. We may be underqualified in a whole bunch of areas, but we're here on a mission, and that's to crack open the ideas that tie together music across a whole bunch of different genres and styles. Between different tastes and techniques, and the odd joke to crack each other up. And we're up to episode 12 here. Yeah, good on it. A dozen. A baker's dozen. No, a baker's dozen is 13. We're at a dozen episodes. Yes, 12. (laughs) And last week, we did a whole episode on Blade Ah, and his whole world. It was a little bit controversial. Yeah. Uh, So this week, we're leaning in. But not into the controversy, but we're leaning into that kind of mysterious energy, that genre bending kind of thing that Blade and the Drain Gang have. But don't worry, it's totally different eras, different yes. types of artists, different types of styles. We are going to be delving into the genre, the movement, the history mm. of hauntology. See, I didn't know what hauntology was when you said, let's do an episode on hauntology. I had absolutely no clue at all. Well, this is the thing. It is an amorphous term. It's a little bit confusing. Okay. And I think we've actually touched on artists that can sit in hauntology over the past 11 episodes. So if you want to listen back to those, you can on the FBI Radio programs page. It's fbiradio.com slash programs. You can find Cracked or you can just hit up whatever streaming service you use in your past time and then just look up the Cracked podcast and it's all there. All the episodes are also updated for reference so you can see all the tracks and skim through and give it a nice look. It's nice and neat. I did it. I did that. But hauntology as a genre movement is anything but neat. Yes. So we're going to start with the kind of meat and potatoes, if you will, of what is defined on the internet. So... (laughs) Do you want to read it? Sean Albays, <laughs> an academic of some kind, let's just, you know, they're an academic, sure, <laughs> says, it's an uncanny mixture of shared but faded cultural memories with sinister undercurrents. There is so much to unpack in that one sentence, but okay. it goes on. Hauntology was likened to sonic fictions or intentional forgeries, creating half-baked memories of things that never were approximating the imprecise nature of memory itself. Mm. Now, there is more here. It goes goes on. Uh, It can include things such as cultural sources, which I think is referencing samples, audio samples here, (laughs) from the 40s to the 70s, including library music, film and TV soundtracks, psychedelia, public information films, etc., etc. 
And it's the term itself, hauntology, is derived from philo- philosopher Jacques Derrida's concept of the same name. Mm. And then it was adopted in the mid-2000s. So, there is a lot going on here. And interestingly, when you read all of that out loud, my mind goes to Tame Impala. <laughs> I, I, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, well, you think about like faded cultural memories, you know, sonic fictions, kind of, you know, impressionistic interpretations of the past. Like any kind of, a lot of artists Mm. in the contemporary era do explore this sense of nostalgia. Yes. Yeah. I, when I read it as well, as you now know, I had a fair few ideas of what this classified. I wasn't as aware of not necessarily the the strict guidelines that fall under as what is defined as hortology but uh i was throwing shit at yasra and i like i was like oh the avalanches they're really nostalgic they do weird stuff and sample from the 70s that's they're they're british adjacent it's the same thing and yeah you were just like no no (laughs) well this was it was it was an interesting (laughs) debate because it made me really think about what is the fine line of what makes something fall into the hauntology genre yeah. or not? Because that definition doesn't really sum it up. And I think it's just the nature of kind of, you know, academia-style yeah. talk. And what they won't say is it has to be a bit witchy. It has to be a bit spooky. Yeah. like, And I don't mean, like, it has to be witchy. Like, it doesn't have to be kind of... Um, it doesn't have to be a woman. Yeah. Uh, or, like, a femme-identifying person. Yeah. But it has to have this kind of sense of, like, mysteriousness. Yes. And um, sensuality. And, yeah, like, mystery. Yeah, like you're watching Eddie Murphy's Haunted House from 2003. Not quite. That's got... <laughs> I think that's more of, like, an avalanche's energy. <laughs> uh, so, today, we're going to explore over the hour kind of a whole bunch of different artists. We're going to go from the beginning. Yeah. And then try to rifle through all the way to the present day. Yes. We're going to play artists such as Burial, Coco Rosie, Salem. Does Boards of Canada count? Boards of Canada is a big one. Okay. We may touch on some Boards of Canada. Okay, maybe. It's a maybe. If Holy other as well. <laughs> but we're going to start ostensibly at the beginning. Okay. Uh, in England, which is a pretty haunted place. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty gloomy over there. You can see how this music it's was the, inspired. The center of colonialism. <laughs> yes speaking of haunted it's um, a very haunted place so we're going to start with the um band broadcast who are from birmingham unfortunately uh the singer trish keenan died oh. in the 2000s from pneumonia oh that's really uh, which sad. is really sad yeah uh but they kind of pioneered this genre and we're going to play a track from their very last album which is called Tender Buttons. Okay. It was released on the Incredible Warp Records label. Ah, cool, Warp. Yeah. And it is called I Found the F. This is Cracked on FBI.
that just there was a nice little track from His Name is Alive called Reflection Pool. And before that, I had When Mama Was a Moth from Cocteau Twins. You're listening to Cracked here on FBI Radio, where we crack open the creative process from the music that we love dearest. And today we're talking about hauntology. Al is giving me a bit of instruction on it. And in my little bit of research, I I struggled a little bit to bring forward some hauntology tracks that Al hadn't already, like, took. He took all the cool ones. All the ones that are like, oh, if you think hauntology, it's this person. So I had to dig a little bit deeper. And I remember there was an artist that I was was quite fond of. And their name is, or the artist's name, it's a little group kind of thing um, called His Name is Alive. And they've been around for a really long time since maybe like the, the mid 80s or so and i came across their music more from their like indie alternative rock stuff but in the year 2019 the lead singer uh warren de fever um released a little project which included some demos from the years 1979 to 1986 now mind you warren was born in 1969 so, he was making this stuff in his teenage years. And in context of what was happening at that time, it's quite, it's pretty prolific. It's pretty, like, crazy experimental for the context. I mean, it's good that you say that because I think pinpointing what exactly hauntology is. Yeah. It is super experimental. Maybe it's for its era. Yeah. Uh, but also, there's, like, a sense of conjuring kind of unknown emotions and mm. feelings through sound and you can use voice in that but it's yes. about the totality of sound fair I, I, through my listening experience or at least a lot of it there were it evoked certain feelings from films if that makes sense i mean it is very cinematic and yeah. before his name is alive we played the cocteau twins when mama was moth yes and both of those artists were signed, are signed to 4AD. What's and 4AD, Al? For <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm assuming it's a label. 4AD is a label that's still going, but um, and they release like all sorts of music, like uh-huh. Big Thief and the National. And Erica De Cassiera is on there. Yeah, she, like cool. but they've changed quite a lot in the same way that say like the electronic label Warp has yeah. changed quite a lot. But yeah. originally they were best known for releasing. Um, a lot of kind of pioneering dream pop music. Okay. And the Cocteau Twins are probably best known. I know them most for not being able to understand what they're saying. Well, yeah, they really pioneered kind of this ethereal sound. And the uh, front woman, Elizabeth Frazier, um, is kind of renowned for singing in her own made-up language. Oh, Uh, so it's not just like a Bruges. It's just, it's actually gibberish. Yeah, Ah. most of it is. I think there's one album, um, Heaven in Las Vegas, where she does use lyrics more prominently. Okay, because that's that's the album that I've listened to. But I think um, the Cocteau Twins and His Name is Alive, they're both kind of precursors um, to the genre. Um, but completely fitting. And, and before that, with broadcast, you really hear the totality of this British kind of approach okay. to hauntology across the 
I mean, it's it's really the 80s and 90s, but I guess you could say it started in the 70s. Fair. Or at least there's sampling of sounds from the 70s. Yes, that was my understanding, if not even before the 70s. That kind of nostalgia factor is yeah, definitely weighed it's, upon. It's it's almost more of a philosophy than a kind of a defining genre. So yeah. for, for, in the, for example, in the past on Cracked mm. here, we have explored kind of you know what exactly is post-punk and yeah. there, there's defining musical elements like kind of you know it's usually a band there's yeah like driving bass guitar and like shouty vocals of some kind yeah, yeah. um but with hauntology it's like very f- philosophical it's like an yes. approach i struggled so much to find actual hauntology tracks that weren't just hey hauntology is that weren't just off wikipedia or something of the equivalent yeah, totally. It's it's like going into um, like one of those stores where you buy crystals and stuff. <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound derogatory. Like, Fair. Oh, okay, um, sorry. I'm like, I, I go into those places. Yeah. I, was, I was like, there's one next to the Warhammer store. Oh, I love uh, Warhammer uh, in Bondi Junction. <laughs> you know, actually, I don't. It's really. a good one too. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I weirdly appreciate the Warhammer lore, but I've never actually played Warhammer. Yeah, I mean, like this is what's great about Hauntology, though. Yeah. It, like, it, it's almost got a sense of fantasy to yeah. it, but it's so melancholy, and mm. it feels like it really swallows you. Yeah. Um, and it just spans so many different eras and artists. So, broadcast Cocteau Twins. His name is Alive. This is like a real kind of early period. And now we're going to move into a more electronic leaning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Part of it. So Odd. those those first three artists were kind of very much using instrumentation. Yeah. Uh, but here we're going to go more into the two thousands. Does that late mean two thousands? I get to play Boards of Canada. Yeah. So Boards of Canada, Warp. Who we yes. talked about. Ah, oh, I love Warp Records. We're going to play <laughs> a little bit of Boards of Canada. It's very British so far, but we, we promise we will play some music from other parts of America and Australia. Uh, but Boards of Canada, yeah, one of your favourites. Yes, I listened. I re- I re-listened to a lot of the discography for this episode. So when you revisited Boards of Canada with yes. the hauntology lens, yeah. did it make you hear it differently? A lot of it was like, oh, I remember they're good. <laughs> it was just yeah, because like- <laughs> it's like pretty down tempo a lot of the time yes but there's an inherent sadness that i think pulls it into that hauntological i think it was stupid as well because that was the first thing i listened to on my hauntology exploration Mm. if that makes sense yeah so we'll play a bit of boards of canada and then we're going to play another artist who i guess i would say is a contemporary of boards of canada they are british they, they're mates similar to boards of canada <laughs> they were anonymous for a very long time and they're ve- both very well known for their um use of kind of distorting and stretching samples mm. so we're going to keep it a mystery we'll keep it a mystery and we'll okay. dig into it after all right you're listening to cracked here on fbi radio
Welcome back to Cracked here on FBI Radio, where we dissect the creative processes that are involved in the making of our favorite music. Just then, we played some Boards of Canada with Rue the World and the mystery artist that we left undisclosed. It was Burial. And we just played Endorphin. Today on Cracked, we are exploring hauntology. Now, hauntology, we, we've, we've gone through breadth discussing what it really is. I think my, my current takeaway is it involves really old samples from maybe like the early 70s and before that evoke a sense of nostalgia. Um, some moodiness, a bit, little, bit, little bit scary, a little bit like witchy. I think that was the descriptor Al used before. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not the like the most like. It's uh, not a very defined genre. Yeah, I, I think I think a summoning. Yes, is the best way I could describe it. A it's summon- a summoning. It's a conjuring. Okay. It's, yes. It's an immersive, all-encompassing feeling. Uh, a pentagram is involved here somewhere. Well, we are getting into pentagram territory. Okay. Cool. Well, we discovered like the the kind of emergence of it, and just then we broke down kind of the the electronic. I wouldn't say renaissance because it never really went away. If it never really started prior, prior, uh, post the emergence, I think it it becomes more electronically driven, like in the way yeah. the music is made originally. So with broadcast Cocteau Twins, his name is Alive. Like mm. it sounds electronic, and there are yeah. electronic elements, but it's very much still kind of performed in yes. a traditional way. Whereas with Burial and Boards of Canada, we're getting into that more kind of producer. A drum world machine was involved. Person kind of early computer stuff. Yeah. In the, you know, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. But when I said things are kind of literally getting to pentagram territory, here is where things start splintering a little bit. Yes. Uh, we're in the 2000s. Cool. And a little genre called Witch House comes around. Ah, yes. I know Witch House. Yeah. So, I listened to a bit of Witch yeah, House. Yeah, so this is like 2007, 2008 when is Witch House when starts Witch House started? Yeah. And it's actually kind of like strangely more American as a genre. And what I mean by that is literally everything we've played uh, up to now has been British. It's like punk again. And very dour. But this is the thing with Witch House is it's it's taking hauntology into a more kind of boisterous kind of mode. Like yes. it's very informed is the by word, hip hop. Okay. I was going to say is the word house, like literal house music. No, it's not. I mean, like some of the synths, like maybe mm. touch on kind of What trance. about rhythms? The rhythms, like, there's a little bit more swing. And, I, and I'm not saying swing. you're going to necessarily dance to this music. Yes. But if you noticed with the music previously, mm. it's very kind of straight rhythmically. Yeah. yeah and yeah. a lot of the time, there's no real kind of rhythmic element at all. Okay. It's very kind of down-tempo in the case mm. of Boards Canada or very ambient in the case of Broadcast, Cocteau Twins, and His Name is Alive. Mm. So here... It's when the attitude kind of starts coming out a little bit rhythmically. Okay. And Witch House is a micro genre, yeah. but it is very much in that hauntology it's, world. It's, I don't know if it's having a resurgence at the moment, but there are so many episodes with the genre as the label on yeah. a certain undisclosed other radio station. Oh, okay. And I see it all the time. I don't know if it's coming back into swing. I am well, seeing some well, local artists. Well, here on Cracked, we are going to get into some more modern versions of Hauntology. Okay, cool, cool, And cool. you could dare say Witch House. Yes. 
So we're going to kick off with an actually quite a modern song mm. that was released not so long ago. It is from... Who's the artist? The artist is Salem. So I know nothing about Salem, but okay. you know what I do know about them? Mm-hmm. So going off our episode last week, they made some stuff with Young Lane. Ah, okay. Yes. That is very interesting and makes sense. So... <laughs> Wait, does it, wait, is that, was that genuine, what you just said there? It does make sense because I would say there's like this mumbly aesthetic okay, like cool. musically in the way that kind of they perform. Fair. Uh, they are very sad yes. as well. And it's a little bit of kind of like this blowing out lo-fi aesthetic. Okay, cool. Uh, and they do kind of have the slurry rap Fair. thing going on as well. So this is kind of Salem's return album called Fires in Heaven. Uh, this is the title track, Fires in Heaven. And this is Witch House, which is really hauntology on Cracked. back here on Cracked, a lovely little program lovingly brought to you by FBI Radio, where we're, we're, we're delving into the nitty gritty. We're dis- dissecting hauntology today. Just there, you heard a lovely track from Dean Blunt featuring Inga Copeland of, of his project The Narcissist, and the track is also called The Narciss- Narcissist. Um, kind of a pseudo Hype Williams track, as Dean Blunt and Inga Copeland do have a nice little group together called Hype Williams, but it's not really under that. And before that, I had Holy Other with Nowhere with a K, and at the top we had Salem with Fires in Heaven. So we're coming to a bit of an end here with Hauntology today, Al. We're, we're rounding things up. I think I've got some ideas for some contemporary uh, hauntology pieces that I want to share but we've yeah we, we've we're kind of coming all the way do you have any like closing thoughts to share well I just kind of want to go back to this quote that we started with from our academic friend Sean, Sean Albees it says hauntology is an uncanny mixture of shared but faded cultural memories with sinister undercurrents mm. now he goes on but I think that is the main bit here it's it's the faded cultural memories i think are as much sonic as they're emotional okay in the way that they're sampling and like the the degrading of sounds 
and the kind of amorphous vocals. In a, a, a backtrack to our first ever episode, I saw a little reference to William Basinski mm. actually throughout Hauntology. And then what you just described, he yeah, kind of hits well, the pin on the head. It's very similar because that episode is all about fidelity and we were talking about kind of lo-fi yeah. techniques. And there is a kind of a lot of lo-fi involved in all of the music we've listened to today, whether it was kind of the 80s, 90s, early 2000s stuff like broadcast Cocteau Twins, His Name is Alive, which is like really the foundation mm. for hauntology as an approach and a philosophy. Then it goes a bit more electronic with, uh, you know, people at a computer. Yeah. With Burial, Boards of Canada, very kind of like sitting in your home studio kind of thing. Mm. And then I uh, went into this more modern era with Witch House, you know, Salem, Holy Other. Mm. And then kind of the the mystery of Dean Blunt and Inga Copeland. I listened to my fair share of Dean Blunt and I'm still not really, I don't, still don't have a full understanding of their artistry. I mean, it's It's interesting that, I guess that reflects kind of hauntology as a concept that I don't mm. think it, it is neatly summarized in yeah. the same way that a lot of these artists are very difficult to neatly summarize. Yeah, I can see that. It, it's I've come out of hauntology with, to put it in, uh, I guess, so Al's a bit older than me and he doesn't like me saying youthful things that are uh, associated with uh, Gen Z. Wow. <laughs> sure. No, I'm not being ageist. This is the thing. This is just from lived experience with Al. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really have. I, I think now I have more of a recognition for it. I can kind of point to it and be like, "That's more of a hauntology kind of track." But at the same time, I don't think I have any more concrete definition than what I got out of the original Wikipedia article. Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of spirituality in a way. Yeah. You can't really pin it down. And I think that that sensual, spiritual um, sensual? theme. That, well, there is a sensuality in the yeah. music. Yeah, I can see that. So I think that it's kind of this like third other thing that mm. is imbued across all of these artists. Okay. I, I see almost a kind of stasis to it, if that makes sense. It, it definitely encapsulates a certain energy. And I think I can recall upon that energy now, if that makes sense. I can hear it. And if I feel a similar sensation, that's how I associate with it. And I guess that re- leads to sensuality, kind of stimulating the senses in that sense. Yeah, it's very <laughs> it's very introspective and insular. Yeah. And... This leads us to a local artist. Oh, yeah. We've gone kind of, we've been across the US, we've been in the UK, but this artist here is from Sydney. He's very well known to FBI radio listeners, and I would say he is haunted by hauntology. <laughs> His name is Marcus Whale. You're quite, you, you, you've spoken with him before, haven't uh, you? We've been around. Yeah, yeah. On FBI Radio, if we, anything. We, he still does a show that we started together called Sleepers in Sydney, so yeah. you can listen to that. 11 p.m. Yeah. Tonight, actually. Ah, cool. Uh, Lovely. And wait, not tonight. It's... Wait, yes, it is tonight. My bad. Yep, Sorry. It's on tonight, Wednesdays, 11 p.m. every week with Gus McGrath. Ah, also okay. better known as California Girls. So cool. Uh, but Marcus, in his solo practice, has really explored these... Um, overwhelming emotions like whether it's kind of nostalgia or obsession Mm. and kind of being consumed by uh the feeling of ecstasy which is 
uh, the name of his upcoming album. Cool. And he has a hauntological aspect to his music where it's always drawing from kind of imprecise memory mm-hmm. and um, kind of a fractured um, space of mind as a narrator and as a lyricist. And this new track that he just released, uh, Borders, I think really kind of has that all-consuming aspect and kind of um, looking for some form of spiritual um, ambiguity or transcendence, mm. which, you know, we're, we're working in the spiritual realm when it comes to <laughs> hauntology. And so it feels like a fitting um, end to this week's episode. Yeah, we that, that went very deep for a conclusion. Usually our conclusions are really lighthearted and, and cheerful. Well, it's it's just coming from the spiritual realm. Yeah, you're speaking here. from the heart. Speaking from the, from the yeah. I feel I, 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 I see you, Al. I feel you. I just double bumped my chest. Wow! To signify, you know, shot, Al. Love you. Okay. <laughs> You've been listening to Cracked for this week. Until next, you're listening to FBI Radio, ninety four point five.